This is episode 11. Should schools reopen? What you should do right now to better prepare for the fall. Welcome to Z-Rated Success. Z-Rated Success. The podcast to help educators and those who work with youth to help them succeed by standing out instead of fitting in. This this is Z-Rated Success. And this is Nick ZZ. I have a question for you. Should school reopen? I posted a poll in a educator Facebook group and 181 or so teachers responded and they're still responding as I'm recording this here. And the question that I asked is the same question. Should schools reopen? And before I get to that, and I'll tell you the results of that poll, I'm also going to share with you in this episode what you can do right now to better prepare yourself for the fall. Because the way things are heading right now, it looks like we will be going back to school. Now, whether that's remote learning or in person or a mixture of the two, a hybrid, that's still in the air as far as knowing what that's going to look like for uh, many school districts around the nation. But I want us to think about this question, should schools reopen? Now, with the results here that I have from the poll, 150 said, yes, online only. About 23 said, yes, hybrid, an online and in-person mixture of the two. And a few said no, and no one said yes to in-person classes. So that's just to show you how the audience is feeling about this, how most teachers are feeling that we should go 100% online. I'm in the South Florida area, and this is the epicenter right now during the time of this recording. And one of the superintendents, in fact, the superintendent of Broward County Public Schools is recommending that we go 100% online if things don't change. And Dade County Public Schools superintendent is also echoing the same thing that if things do not change, we may have to do 100% online. Now, the the challenge with being 100% online is, of course, you have the younger kids, K through five. It's very difficult for them to learn online. They're easily distracted and they need that face-to-face attention, that face-to-face teaching. And it's been proven through research and studies that students at that age and those grades do better with face-to-face teaching. Now, with that, you also have special needs, students with disabilities who also need the face-to-face teaching instead of online. So we see the necessity, right? We see the necessity of the face-to-face learning. But with the way things are going right now, how challenging it is, and not really knowing how things will look like in the next couple of months, I also want to mention before I continue here that many of the educators also commented on the poll And one educator mentioned this. She said that too many unknowns. She said too many unanswered questions about 
what happens if a child or staff member becomes sick, not enough money or resources to open safely. So that's a huge concern of many educators that there are too many unknowns and we just don't know. So the educators are fearful as well as the parents and the students. So this is something that we need to put a lot more thought into. But if we're not in the position to make the type of decisions as far as whether school is going to reopen or not, I want us to focus on another area instead, because we're not the ones making the decisions as to whether school will reopen. But what we should do instead is this. Here it is. Instead of being reactive to whatever decision is made, let us be proactive. Let's be proactive about this, right? So, so I want you to think about the options that we have. I mean, right now, it looks like we will reopen, but it looks like we're leaning more towards online or remote learning, 100% remote learning than we are anything else. Now, that there's the hybrid model, the hybrid option, and many schools are just not ready for it. We were, the schools weren't even built for a hybrid model. Think about that. So with the social distancing of being six feet apart, also students having to wear a mask and we're having to disinfect and sanitize, make sure the surfaces are clean. That's a lot of work. And it will eventually cost a lot of money to, to maintain. So there's a lot of unknowns. So instead of us saying, well, I don't want to, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea for us to go back. I understand that. I'm with you. I'm a parent. I'm an educator. And I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to send my kids back to school. But at the same time, too, I'm thinking that there are many students who have fallen behind. Think about the students who were struggling prior to COVID-19, right? Think about those students. Think about the students who have the disabilities, the special needs, the younger kids of K-5 through K-2-5, kindergarten to fifth grade. Think about those students as well, because many of them have fallen behind with the online learning, the remote learning. So the face-to-face teaching learning is super important and efficient. So I want my youngest, I have my third youngest child who's going to be going to K-5. She'll be going to K-5 this fall. And I would want her to be in class. In fact, she's going to go to class unless things change. But as far as the upper grades at her school, they're all doing remote learning. 100% remote learning this school year. So there's a lot going on and a lot of uncertainty. But again, instead of us focusing on what we cannot change or what we don't have power over, let's focus on what we do have power over. Let's focus on what we have control over. And that is to be proactive, right? So we know most of, if not our entire year, will be spent remote learning, right? We're going to be teaching online. So with that, the first question I would like to ask you is, how was your experience at the latter part of last year? How was that experience with having to abruptly transition to online? And and there was a survey, in fact, I read about, the survey stated this was a survey of teachers around the world, 
And about 73% of the teachers said that they hated it, that they were unprepared. They did not have the resources. They didn't have adequate training to be able to transition in such a short space of time to online. So the teachers were struggling as well as the students and the parents. So everyone was struggling. It was really tough. So now, if it was tough for you back then, which wasn't too long ago, then what are you doing right now to better prepare yourself for that experience, right? What are you doing right now? Are you looking for refresher courses to take so that you can know how to do remote learning better, to be able to do distance learning better? Are you watching tutorials on YouTube on the specific program that you'll be using or that your school is using? Uh, Are you doing some research or watching tutorials on Google Docs and different programs that you've used last year or even the programs that you'll be using this year? So find that out. So let me lay this out quickly. So here's what I think is the best thing to do right now, right? This is the best thing to do. Now, besides the fact that you want to make sure that you're prepared, that you have a mask and you have all of that in place. But now, as far as your teaching, I want you to make a list right now of what it is that you need to work on. What did you struggle with last school year at the latter part of the year? What was it that was challenging? What you did not understand? What was it about teaching remotely that made you feel disconnected? What was it about the students? Perhaps there were students who didn't log in. Perhaps during the rest of the school year, they did not log in. So why was that? How was the communication with the parents? How was that going? So these are questions I want you to begin to just write, to write about. How was the experience? Now, after looking at the list of everything that you've written down, I want you then to look for ways to get better. Look for ways to prepare yourself. I read a book many years ago entitled Dare to Prepare. The teachers who will be successful this year, the teachers who will be a standout success this year are the ones who dared to prepare. So I dare you to prepare. I dare you to go to YouTube, go to YouTube University, search about the programs or the problems, the difficulties that you encountered last year and figure out what you need to do better this year. And then what I would then say is to practice, practice. So if you're, if you're using Zoom for your classrooms, why not get on a practice call with a couple of your friends or maybe even better with colleagues, your teachers, teacher friends, right? And you can say, hey, I would like to practice on Zoom today or whatever platform you're using, whatever program you're using for your classes. So you can do practice runs with the teachers, making sure that you are familiar with how to use the chat, the chat feature, how to use the Q&A if you are using that feature, how to share your screen, how to mute students. I mean, all of these things are very important. So you want to make sure that you are familiar and not just familiar, but you want to master it. Right now is the time to master it. When the school year starts, whether it's going to be the hybrid version 
or remote learning, 100% remote, it's very important that you master the basics very well. And when you do that, when you show up, right, when you show up to class online, when you show up to class, whether it's in, in class in person, your students will know that you took the time to plan. You took the time to, you were proactive and not reactive. You didn't wait till last minute to figure things out, but you started right now, started preparing for the school year. And by doing that, you're going to shorten your learning curve. You're going to have more time to focus on the experience. You're going to have more time focusing on helping the students because you took the time during the summer, during this time to prepare. So I challenge you to prepare. Now, there are many other strategies, right? There are many other strategies that you can implement as well that can help you. I'm going to give you three other quick tips. Whenever you're teaching online, right? You want to remember this, that simplicity is key. Simplicity is key. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So, which means with your assignments, if you have reading assignments, you can upload PDFs of the reading assignments that students can download and read. That can keep it very simple. You can record videos of the lessons and you post it on the platform, the program that you're using. So, keeping it very simple. Keep your instructions simple as well. So, if your instructions are like two paragraphs long, or 10 sentences long, you may want to truncate it, shorten it, abbreviate it a little bit, and make it very simple for the students to follow. Because the fewer steps they have to take, the better, because the fewer times they can make mistakes, right? So if you have like 10 steps versus five steps, or three steps versus five steps, it's even better because it's fewer steps, it's simple, and it's straight to the point. So simplicity is key. So think about that in every lesson. Think about that in everything that you're doing with your class, that simplicity is key. The other quick tip is engagement. Engagement is everything. Listen to me. This is so, so important. Engagement is everything. Because see, online with remote learning, you can't see. You don't know what's happening, right? You don't see what's happening around the student. If their camera's on, all you can see is what you see there on the screen, but you don't know what's going on behind the camera. You don't know what happened before. You don't see everything, their body language in some cases. So engagement is everything. So one of the ways that I, I'm able to engage my students, and this is what I do as well when I'm, I'm speaking to various audiences, is uh, especially online, I'll, I'll ask them to uh, put something in a chat. So I'll say, if you're ready, type ready. So every once in a while, while during the lesson or during the class, I'm asking them to type, to type something. Or if everyone's camera is on, and I suggest that everyone's camera remains on for the entire class, I'll ask them to raise their hand, not their Zoom hand, but their hand. I want some physical movement. I want some movement involved in the learning because that helps them to be engaged. It helps them to be mentally alert when they're moving as well. So those are some of the ways. And, and there are other ways too. I'll ask them to unmute their mics or actually I'll unmute their mics and I'll ask them to read 
if it's perhaps a passage, or I'll ask one of the students to give a recap of what we've shared in the previous lesson, and then so on and so forth. So looking for various ways to engage your class. So engagement is everything, especially online, because you don't have them in in, in your presence. They're not in front of you. So when they're not in front of you, there's a disconnect. So in order to keep them engaged, you want to constantly ask them to chime in. You want to constantly ask them to do something as it relates to the lesson that's apropos to the lesson that reinforces what you're teaching. So engagement is everything. And finally, the last tip is that when you're going through this process, keep in mind that everyone is stressed. I mean, we're all stressed out with everything that's happening. And if you can come into the classroom, if you can come in online through your screen with a big smile, uh, with a great expectation, letting the students know that you're expecting good things, great things this year, that you're expecting them to do well, and you're just, you have this positive energy where you're uh, motivated and you're sharing with them, that helps the students out a lot as well, because there's a lot of negative, right? There's a lot of negative news, a lot of negative about school reopening. So instead of focusing on the negative or paying attention to the negative, let us focus on the positive and be that positive person, be that optimistic educator that will push our students beyond where they are because they're struggling. They have pressures that are known to us and many that are unknown to us. So let us be considerate and remember that we too, we have our problems, we have our struggles, but they don't need to know that. They don't need to know all that we've gone through. Let us be there for them, push them with a smile. Thank you for listening to Z-Rated Success. I hope you were inspired today and learned something about standing out. If you are an educator that wants to get a professional development or wants to get a presentation for your students to build their self-esteem so that they are not following the crowd, but that they are knowing who they are so they can stand out, please send an email to info at nickzizi.com so we can set up a time to talk. I would love to see about getting my speaking program or my book or my professional development in your school. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, imitation is limitation. Unleash your zebra. If you've received value from today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and visit zratedsuccess.com for more tips and strategies that will help you stand out instead of fit in. Reminding you today to unleash your zebra. Unleash your zebra.